Welcome to this week's episode of Latchkey Movies, the podcast where we take a critical look at the movies your kids are watching without your supervision. Today we are going to talk about the 2021 Disney film Encanto. My name is Sarah. I am the mom of a seven and a half year old. And I am Briar Harvey. I am the mom of an adult, an 11 year old, and a five year old. They did all enjoy this movie, much to my so, I think we have to put the adviso on this. In, in all the conversations that I've had with people, if you had a pretty good familial upbringing, this is a great movie. Okay. Like, I don't think that people see the abuse. Yeah. I re- I just rewatched this this morning. Um, we had watched it a few times way back when it first came out. But I really, really, really don't like Abuela. And I would have, if I was um, <laughs> Mirabelle, I would have left and gone no contact with her. And her apology would have meant nothing to me. Correct. <laughs> and I Like really... literally made a little girl's life hell. In a lot of ways, too. So the abuse is in... And, and I, I want to be very clear here. I'm using the word abuse very specifically, very deliberately. The way Mirabelle was treated is absolutely reprehensible. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely emotional abuse Mm -hmm. of the highest order and will catalog all of the ways in which that actually happens here. Mm -hmm. But I need people to understand that I think that if you didn't grow up with this level of abuse, you don't see it for what it is. Mm -hmm. I just... I can remember when I very when I first saw this movie for the first time and everybody was like, oh, it's such a good movie. I was like, I didn't like it and I really don't like Abuela. <laughs> I don't think she redeemed herself in the end. The end. <laughs> I, I mean, ultimately, that's what this movie is about, right? Redemption, yeah. forgiveness, mm-hmm. family, all of those things, which are very, very important. Mirabelle... <laughs> Okay, let's start with a question. What age do you think these children are when When they they receive their gifts? I can't. No older than 10. 10 is what I was thinking. I think that's on the older side. I think probably Mm -hmm. closer to 8. Because they were young, right? And when you look at, in particular, Antonio. Mm hmm. That boy is terrified Mm -hmm. with every fiber of his being Mm -hmm. that he is not going to get a gift and that he's going to live the rest of his life shunned like his favorite cousin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So uh, we'll go eight to ten. Mm-hmm. How old do we think Mirabelle is in this movie? 16. 16? Yeah. That's about what I'd put her 16's at. 16's pretty standard for 
a female Disney protagonist. Princess. Yeah. Female main characters in Disney movies. Six. So she's sixteen years. That old. would be my guess. Okay. Now the next set of questions I think are important for defining the rest of where this film goes. What is Abuela? Her name is Alma. What is Alma's gift? She doesn't have one. But that's not quite right. Mm -hmm. Obviously, she has Casita. Right. So, so her gift is to be the matriarch yeah. of yeah. the house. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm What is Maribel's gift? Exactly that. I think exactly that's exactly that. what they're trying. That's 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 it. That's she is the future matriarch mm -hmm. of the family, right? Um, so in the uh, Wikipedia article, it does actually say that Mirabelle is fifteen. Okay, and there is a it notes the voice actor for small Mirabelle. As five. Jesus. Yeah. Well, that would explain Antonio's voice because mm -hmm. he certainly it's it's pretty high and pitchy. Mm -hmm. Like when I listen to the soundtrack, as I do listen to this soundtrack, but when I listen to the soundtrack, if you're not if seeing the movie in your head. Little Antonio can frequently sound like a little girl. Mm-hmm. Which is not uncommon for little boys. Little boys. So, okay. So, so we're the saying... actor was born in 2011. Wow. Okay. Would have to be older than five to yeah. play. But vocal actors for young children, I mean... There's a whole, <laughs> it's actually, I find it to be very relevant to this discussion. If you've not yet read Jeanette McCurdy's book, I'm glad my mom died. It is a very compelling look at what Hollywood can be like for child actors. Mm -hmm. Have you read that one yet? Mm-mm. It's, it's no, but I've seen it everywhere. It's a rough read. When I think about Mirabeau, the future matriarch of the house, relegated to the nursery. Yep. As a 15-year-old. As a 15-year-old. And her roommate is five. And her roommate is five. She's just supposed to be okay with that. And, like, literally every other kid has gotten their own room at five. Right. She never got to leave the nursery. Mm-hmm. She, she didn't get her room, so there was, what, no room for her? Ever? And she seems to have, like, such a good relationship with Casita. Right. <laughs> So, like, that Imagine alone, that. I mean, that alone should be something that Abuela should be able to recognize, right? Right. Ugh. Just yeah. really don't like her. I, I, and 
And again, I come down to that. I guess you get to decide. I, we as the audience get to decide if her apology is sincere enough or legitimate enough. Certainly, in addition to the many themes that are here, there is absolutely one of generational trauma. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, like, it underlines that right in oh, all yeah. the documentation. <laughs> absolutely. What Alma went through was mm-hmm. 100% completely traumatic. Yes. Her husband was slain mm-hmm. in front of her and her three infant children. Yes. And because of the nature of society at that time, she would have been instantly poverty-stricken. Right. And completely without recourse. Mm -hmm. The only thing that saved her from being married to a really terrible man, in fact, Mm -hmm. is the magic. Right. Right. Because she has this house, she can support herself and her three children. Yep. And, and she saves the village. She saves the village. So the village supports her. The magic supports her. She is, one could argue, fairly well supported mm-hmm. despite this great trauma that she has been through. Mm-hmm. Um, so as much as I'm angry at Abuela every time I watch this movie... I also still cry oh, yes. during Dos Origitas every oh, time. My Even God. if I just hear the song, I'm going to cry. When I was watching the Academy Awards, cried. <laughs> I don't speak Spanish. Well, there is an English version of there it. There is an English on version. On the soundtrack. On the soundtrack. It's, it's they not play as it during good. the credits. No, it's not. It, it's not as good. What you should actually watch is the original Spanish language version with the English dubbing over it. Yeah. So that you can, because it does not translate in quite the same way. No. And I should again mention that I literally cannot watch TV without subtitles. So right, do they offer it? Are they a part of the movie normally? For for me, always. I'm gonna guess so. That this they're is, there right. on that song, I yeah. think. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, they do. They do the English even if dubbing. you don't have it on. Uh, I have no idea. No, that's no, I have no idea <laughs> because I would never watch this movie without <laughs> subtitles because I can't see without my subtitles. Yeah, same. So, right. <laughs> but so I can remember. Um, so last year, I would drive my son to school. Uh-huh. And we would get there in the morning uh, kind of early because if I got there early, I could get to work early. But if I got there late, I was stuck in the drop-off line and it would take me longer to get to work. So we would get there early and we would sit in our car and we would listen to music. And I was the one 
it was while we were listening to this I was showing him how on Spotify you can do like karaoke because it would um do right. <laughs> it shows you the lyrics it shows you the lyrics so we were we were doing he wanted to hear this song so we talked about it and again I'm crying because I'm reading this song to him. <laughs> so yeah So much of the work that I have done as an adult has been around healing my own generational trauma Mm -hmm. so as to not inflict those Mm -hmm. wounds on my children. Right. It's a lot of work, y'all. Yeah. I cannot emphasize enough how much work it is. Mm Mm-hmm. And when we, the correct term here really is rug sweeping. Mm-hmm. Because so much of Alma's behavior is absolutely rug swept under the guise of... She had a terrible thing happen to her. She had a terrible thing happen to her. And And she's old. And she's old. Mm -hmm. And we need to keep the peace in the family. Uh In the show notes, I will include a link to a Reddit post about... And it's called Don't Rock the Boat. Uh Sarah knows exactly what I'm talking about. When you are in a family where someone repeatedly inflicts abuse, it's like being in a boat on the open ocean. Mm -hmm. And the abusive person is the boat rocker. They are constantly rocking the boat because they know that it gets them attention. Mm -hmm. Everyone else in the family, then, is a boat steadier. Mm -hmm. It is your job to hold fast the boat and prevent the boat rocker from capsizing the boat. When you marry a boat steadier, there are choices. Sometimes the a boat steadier will leave to go to their own boat with this other person. More often, and specifically in this family, Both of the marriages created two brand new boat steadiers. Mm -hmm. We have Augustine and Felix, who are now also instrumental in making sure that the boat is steady, despite all of the abuse that is being dished out from the boat rocker. Alma. Mm-hmm. Abuela. You know, that makes me think of something. Is it um, traditional in Colombian culture to 
take your mother's last name? Because they're all madrigals. They're all madrigals. And the name, the word madrigal is uh, magical. So I do not know if they were the madrigal family before the magic, but certainly they are the madrigals after. Okay, so according to the internet, <laughs> that a lot of bastion Spanish... of knowledge. Yeah. It's common for um, in Spanish speaking countries for children to take both last names, which okay. is what I thought. So it's not uncommon that the children all have the Madrigal last name. No, but the what dads is both have it too. Uncommon <laughs> is that the dads become part of the Madrigal family and no longer have their own names, at least on the family tree that I am looking at. And right, like I, I feel like I, I laugh every time the first song comes on and they're talking about so many kids in this family. I'm like, there's only six of you. That's like, that's not even a third of the family tree that we, we brought to the table. So the hand wavy explanation is that this is obviously an isolated community, right? Like they don't right. come and go from their valley. I, right, I, in the middle of the mountains. Yeah. Okay. So um, everybody would be a madrigal in the name, in the town. The other explanation is that... Well, that's because, a lot of incest, so well, I'm going to say No, 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 I'm not saying that they are because they are all related, but because, like, they took on the name as, like... Ah, because it's the town name. Okay, yeah. perhaps, perhaps. But then why is the song The Family Madrigal? <laughs> they'd have to talk about everybody in the, the town, right? right. Um, the other explanation is that because the family is so prestigious, that right. that's why the fathers took the name. Now, if you culturally have something of a tradition where one, or where both of the names are taken on, or then then there's generally a little bit more equity of exchange. So that could well be true. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 mostly okay with that as as a descriptor, honestly. But it still yeah. speaks to and and they speak of it always, right? This is this is Abuela's family. Mm-hmm. This is Alma's family here, not even their own. Even when uh, Julieta is and Abuela are arguing about Mirabelle mm-hmm. like it's clear that Alma is in charge always mm-hmm. forever hers is the only opinion that really matters right they have catered to this woman for generations mm-hmm. now and like i uh, i get so angry at her throughout the entire movie and then like when mirabelle is like this close to fixing everything she comes in and ruins it and then blames mirabelle for it that's correct i get so angry <laughs> and there are so one relationship that I really noted is that between Isabella and Mirabel. 
mm-hmm. according to the family tree, and I don't know who the oldest is of the cousins, whether that is Dolores or Louisa. Yeah, it's either Dolores or Louisa. It's either Dolores or Louisa. Let's see. Does it say on it d- here? I have okay. not been able to ascertain who the oldest Dolores cousin is. Dolores is 21. Ah. Antonio is 5. Camilo, Camilo, I don't know, I'm terrible at that, is 15. Okay. Isabella is 21. Okay. Louisa is 19. Ah, Okay. So, so I guess that makes sense why, like, she'd be the first one to be married off, but right. also why, like, Dolores is, like, right, not too far behind, I guess. Right. Okay. So, but certainly. I, oh, the other thing I will say is that um, the, like, the triplets all, like, waited until they were 30 to have kids. Which is very unusual. Well, because this is obviously set in the past, right? Right. Like, like I don't know. when we, I don't know enough about Colombian history to guesstimate a time period here. It's, well, and, and they're very, they're very timey-wimey about it when they yeah, well, to yeah. be, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's pretty, I mean, the same thing happens with, like, Coco and literally right. every Disney movie. Every Disney Except movie. for the ones that are obviously, like, contemporary. So things like Onward or mm-hmm. um, Big Hero 6 or, you know, that kind of thing. Anyways. But you can see in the relationship between Isabella and Maribel... How much of the conflict between them is driven by Alma, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She she really, I cannot emphasize enough how much she eggs that shit on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's super obvious that uh, Isabella is her favorite grandchild, right? And how much of that is just because, like, she was the first to receive a gift. So, like, just, like, underlining the fact that this is a thing continuing to happen. And then for Dolores to get the gift that she got in comparison, right? Like, oh, she can hear you whisper. That's not helpful to the family. How's that helping the family? Well, and the gifts themselves, like, Julieta, sure, she can heal. That gift Mm -hmm. makes sense. Peppa can control the weather, which... That's helpful. Ish. If you're an agrarian society. If you're an agrarian society, (laughs) being able to control the weather and the growing, that's that's helpful. Bruno sees the future. Should be helpful, but not with the way they use it. Not with the way they treat his... Yeah. Because Bruno... Bruno gets snapshots, right? It's literally a snapshot. Yeah. We see when he has his vision ceremony mm-hmm. that the sand falls down and he's got this glass pane of Maribel and Isabella hugging. Mm-hmm. He gets snapshots in time. Mm-hmm. Still probably more useful than super hearing. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't. And... With the second generation, I think that it, that it is somewhat evident that the gift 
is reflective of the person. Mm-hmm. Antonio was already attached. Right. I mean, he the the gift that Maribel gave him was a little cheetah, and mm-hmm. then he gets a big one for mm-hmm. his gift. So clearly there is some translation there, although that might just be the house listening to Maribel. Yeah. The future matriarch of the family. Here's this little one who likes animals. Let's let him talk to animals. Yeah. I cannot express with enough dissatisfaction how bothered I am by the fact that a 15-year-old's gift is to be the emotional stability and wellness of all these fucking people. Mm-hmm. That should never be her job. <laughs> no. I just, I just feel really bad for Dolores. I, I, Imagine I, being a five-year-old with super hearing. Like, she can hear uh, Mariano. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you live next to a whole town of people, and you're five. You can and hear And she's five, and she can hear everything. Mm-hmm. And some of that is reflected in her personality, and she mm-hmm. likes to know things. Mm-hmm. But, but, like, then also the fact that, like, obviously nobody's talking to her because she know, br- no knew Bruno was around the whole time. No. Right? She even says so. Yeah. In the fucking song. Yeah. I can hear him now. Yeah. No one ever asked her mm-hmm. anything. No mm-hmm. one asked Dolores anything. And, and, and Isabella, like... She is absolutely self-centered and narcissistic, and that's because being the golden child carries its own weight. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to marry Mariano. Mm-hmm. No interest in it whatsoever. Was gonna, because that's what she does, right. as the dutiful granddaughter. Louisa, in her song, says, I glow because I know what my worth is. And then two lines later says, I fear that I am worthless if I can't be of service. Mm -hmm. Again, so much of the abuse is couched in lyric. And so I think that you don't recognize it as abuse if it is not something that you have personally experienced. Mm -hmm. Because again, the number of people who I know who are like, this is the best movie ever, and I'm like, I don't think we watched the same movie. (laughs) Yeah, like, so, story-wise, this movie makes me angry, but, man, does this soundtrack, it's a bop. Oh, it is a whole bop. Again, I cannot... I I love this man. Lin-Manuel is remarkably talented. And let's give credit where credit is due here. Because I do think that you are... I think you're meant to kind of pick up on the Mm -hmm. abuse. 
I think that you are, especially the older viewers, the adults in the room should be able to recognize this. Mm -hmm. Many of them do not, which is shocking to me. But I do think that you were supposed to. I think you're supposed to see this as the abuse that it is. Mm-hmm. I guess the question is, do we accept that apology? And I have to admit... If I was Mirabelle, I would not. I don't know that I could have. So... I read an article the other day that was talking about how the word toxic is not one that we actually <clears throat> use in casual conversation in, a, in person about other people, which I think is somewhat true. In person, we really overlook a great deal more behavior because socially standing up to bad behavior in person is really fraught with a bunch of unknowns, right? Mm -hmm. There's the potential for physical violence. There's the potential for other kinds of conflict or trauma so when it comes to standing up for ourselves it's actually much easier to do online because those aren't real people right mm -hmm. they're just faces on another screen mm -hmm. which means that when we talk about bad behavior it is easier to rid ourselves of bad actors online because we are clear about what we will and will not personally tolerate. The thing about boundaries in families is that we are inextricably tied to these people and we are thus willing to, I think, tolerate much more bad behavior mm -hmm. than we would from a stranger. And so setting boundaries with your family, which is, I mean, and again, I, I don't think that I could have accepted Abuela's apology, but I can see how Mirabelle did. Plus, she's only 15. She's only 15. There is, at this point in time, the possibility that it is genuine, sincere, she'll learn from this and get better. Mm -hmm. At 42, I am nope. a little Don't more skeptical yeah. about this great transformation mm -hmm. in behavior. And... Because what I see as the adult is a pattern of mm -hmm. behavior. Mm -hmm. It's because it's not just Mirabelle. We don't talk about Bruno either. Yeah. And right. Bruno's gift was a gift, mm -hmm. but nobody liked what they saw. Mm -hmm. They blamed him mm -hmm. 
for his visions as though he had any control over the things that he saw. Mm -hmm. And when Bruno saw the vision of Mirabelle in front of the broken house, Mm -hmm. rather than sharing that vision with his mother, he fled his family into Mm -hmm. the walls because that was the only way he could see of protecting her. That's, Mm -hmm. that's a real serious pattern of significant abuse. Mm -hmm. I, I, I can't, I don't think I can be any clearer than that about what it is, what it looks like, how it manifests. And because we are oblique about it, we are left with the Academy Award winner feel good movie of the year. And I don't think we watched the same movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) So. What do we do with this? Like. Let's talk about the soundtrack. It slaps, don't it? It does. And um, so I, we, and, you know, we love Lin-Manuel Miranda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of my favorite bits of the soundtrack is the song, What Else Can I Do? Uh, uh, Isabella's song. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many good, like, play on words, like, not play on words, but, like, the way he works in all of those um, plant names. Oh, yeah. It's just so good. It's so good. And so I was looking, and I'm like, those are... Hurricane of Hakarandas. Yeah. Those are all plants that would be in Colombia. Yes. (laughs) So he didn't just pick and choose plants. Oh, no, no. He He put Hakarandas in there. He he deliberately designed... I mean, and what are the... What are the succulents? The, The... the carnivorous succulents? I can't oh, uh, they are. I googled them all. <laughs> uh, I had it here. It's the sundew. The sundew. Are, yeah, our carnivorous you know, and, succulents. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's so rough because yeah. that song is so brilliant and I can't help but hear how traumatized... The golden child is. Right. Like, cause by the, having to be the golden child. Everything that she is manifesting at that point, it's prickly. and it's, Something sharp. Yeah. Something yep. new. Because all she could do before were beautiful roses. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. You know, in her room, her, her statues of her mm-hmm. doing forms, that's not disturbing at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. I do like Luisa's dancing donkeys. Yes. Yeah. 
that those were indeed spectacular. And I, <laughs> I, Louisa as a character as well, I really yeah. do wish to highlight. I, Disney, as I recall, was not prepared for the mm-hmm. love of Louisa. Mm-hmm. As, as they are so often flat-footed on... Why? You would think that they'd be able to figure this out by now. <laughs> but they did not predict how much little <clears throat> girls in particular yep. would love... And, and Louisa, man, she's pretty great. She's the strong one. I don't... Unlike our previous film, I don't think she's... I'm not curious about her sexuality at all. Mm-hmm. It's it's completely ambiguous. Right, and it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter. She's the big one, the strong one. Mm-hmm. She is also fairly feminine. I mean, mm-hmm. relative to being the big one, strong one, she doesn't wear pants. I mm-hmm. realize that some of this is, is, in fact, cultural. But she still has, like, lace on her mm-hmm. collar and ruffles. And mm-hmm. while the clothes she wears are utilitarian, she is still feminine. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot about Louisa to love. There yeah. really, really is. I guess at one point, Louisa merchandise was outselling everything else. I'm honestly and there was a not shortage. shocked by this. I'm not <laughs> shocked by this. No. And, like, the other thing that I don't think they were prepared for was how popular the song We Don't Talk About Bruno would be. No. Because I know people were, like, super angry that that wasn't the Academy Award submission. It was Dos Orguitas. And, I mean, I, it should have been Dos Orguitas. It's a beautiful it, song. It's a beautiful song. But... We don't talk about Bruno is again yet another place where I'm like Jesus. Listen to and and where I'm really struck is listen to Maribel gaslight herself at the end about how talking about Bruno is detrimental to the family. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry I talked about Bruno. Mm-hmm. You know, and their conversation, Mirabelle's and Bruno's behind the wall, that's just absolutely fucking devastating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when you see where he's been eating dinner. At the table with them. Yeah. Behind the wall all mm-hmm. this time. Like, and and the question I have to ask, and, and here's where I think that we have to look at the difference between Mirabelle and Alma and, and their potential as the matriarch. Mm-hmm. When Bruno goes into the walls, his door dies. Mm-hmm. You can make the argument that it's because he's not practicing his magic. And in fact, when he does go into Antonio's room and they do the spell, the door flares. Mm-hmm. And then he goes right back out again. Because the casita is protecting mm-hmm. Bruno from his mother. Yeah. Yep. I don't... 
I don't think you can really argue about mm-hmm. that. He is there. Tell me the house doesn't know that he's right. there. He's repairing the house. Well, no, he's not. Hernando is. Hernando Ar- is. <laughs> I mean, tell me how fucked up that is. Yeah. He's three people because he's living in the same house right. as his family and he's so desperately lonely. Mm-hmm. I mean, that. So this movie, <laughs> fuck, man, I cry pretty mm-hmm. solidly through, honestly, the last half mm-hmm. of this movie. It starts with um, with Isabella's song because mm-hmm. there, her relationship with Maribel was deliberately damaged. The two of them could be good friends, become friends throughout the course of that song, you know, as we do in song, but there's no reason why they shouldn't have had a bad relationship except for their grandmother. Mm -hmm. How Isabella is always perfect and how Maribel is always the problem. We really, we only get hints of that, but imagine hearing that you're the problem every single day mm-hmm. of your life. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to edit out the ice cream truck. <laughs> That's okay. Um, in continuing to speak about the soundtrack, do you know what this movie does that literally no, no. other movie ever does? Hmm. Plays songs all throughout. All throughout. There's so what the movie runtime is what? One hour and forty nine minutes. Um, well, no, I have a hundred and two minutes. So okay, that's close. Feet. Yeah, an hour and a half ish. Uh, um, and I noticed that in my run like on when I was watching it, there were like ten minutes left in the runtime and there was nothing left, like even after credits. Okay. So, um, the, uh, so, you know, normally we talk about how the last third of a movie mm-hmm. has, like, nothing. This movie has, um, really good spacing for its songs. In it fact. It looks like it's about, Waiting on a Miracle is... At the 22 minute stamp, time stamp. Uh-huh. Surface pressure is at 34 minutes. Uh-huh. We don't talk about Bruno is 46 minutes. Uh-huh. What else can I do is one hour and eight minutes. So, and that middle section there is Bruno's yeah. room yeah. and all of that. Dos Origitos is 118. Uh-huh. All of You, which is like the final Rebuilding the House song, is 124. Right. That's really good spacing. Really good spacing. (laughs) And because the... So, the soundtrack itself, honestly, is pretty consistent. Like, the instrumental pieces are... I'm pretty sure I'm listening to this right now. The original motion picture soundtrack 
is one hour and 54 minutes. Now, mm-hmm. that does also include the instrumental mm-hmm. versions of the songs. So it's probably... But, I mean, pretty much well, there's music the whole way. Oh, yeah. 25 minutes-ish is the length of the songs with lyrics in this movie. Frozen has 23 minutes. But, if you'll remember, in Frozen, there's a huge, like, the songs just stop after, what is it, Fixer Upper? Yeah, there's a whole huge gap at the end where there's, there's nothing. There's no songs and only exposition. So and we I, complained about it, and yeah. I complained about it very particularly because mm-hmm. we went. I'm, I'm Frozen was not a fun watch with my youngest because of that big old period of no music mm-hmm. and exposition. And I can't remember if we were in the theater for that one or not. But mm-hmm. man, I remember he was not happy about it. So I'm just going to continue the Lin-Manuel Miranda love because he actually spaced out the songs in this movie really well. Well, and I bet we didn't comment but could have about how well-paced Moana is because yeah. it too is very well-paced okay. in terms of the music. Well, Go ahead. I'm checking. Go ahead. Uh, Moana. Moana. Moano, Moana has about 25 minutes too. So that must be like a Disney Mm -hmm. 25 minutes Uh is probably about it. But if you'll remember in Moana, you get like shiny, you get I am Moana, you get know who you are. Mm -hmm. Like that one, it's not as good as Encanto in the spacing, but it's better than Frozen. It's it's better than Frozen. Mm Mm-hmm. I also want to remark that for Encanto, uh, Disney hired a choreographer from the beginning of the film. His name was Jamal Sims, who hired uh, Colombian-American dancer Kai Martinez. Okay. So the two of them developed all of the choreography from the beginning of the film, and that is very remarkable Mm -hmm. for Disney because in the past... They would bring in the choreographer once the storyboarding had been done. Oh, okay. And then work it in after the fact. So you can... They did a really good job, I thought, with the choreography and with dance being very much just kind of sequentially a part of the way that people move here, which is very Colombian. So... Mm -hmm. Well, I'm really hoping that this is more of a pacing that Disney goes with in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I take issue with this particular story. Oh no, I compl- I mean obviously I agree. And I take <laughs> issue with the way that this story ultimately what it comes down to for me is Mirabelle forgives her grandmother. Right or wrong? And again, I think we made good arguments for both points here, but without <clears throat> nuance, we're looking at a 15-year-old girl forgiving her grandmother for horrendous behavior and treating that as the way that it should be. 
rather than leaving us open for some interpretation. Mm-hmm. And this movie is particular in that there are something that Disney has done lately, which I do not know that I totally approve of, is the pretty much flat removal of villains. Mm-hmm. There is no bad guy here, save for Abuela. Right. Obviously, we forgive her at the end because she suffered trauma, and so it's all going to be fine now. Mm-hmm. She's, she's forgiven. She's apologized, and we're all going to rug sweep all this bad behavior. Years, decades of bad behavior mm-hmm. under the rug. And in its own way, I really think that Disney is continuing to bring us questionable social values Mm -hmm. and mores. Like, this this movie will be with all of our children for a very long time. Right. And we brought it up when we were doing Mitchells and the Machines, which uh, in <laughs> podcast world was two weeks ago, uh-huh. but in recording world was, was an hour ago. An hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that was a much better representation of a healthy family dynamic. And I cannot help it, and not just because we recorded these podcast on the same day but these movies came out roughly at about the same time right and um, i they were both 2021 apart, releases right yeah. i mean they competed apart. at the academy awards right so. and so we're looking at these two fundamentally very different views of what a good family looks and acts like mm-hmm. and what we have here, for better or for worse, is a really damaged family mm-hmm. with a lot of trauma, and their only therapy seems to be the emotional salvation of a 15-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. And I just, I have a really hard time getting on board with that, y'all. Mm-hmm. It is unreasonable to expect her to carry this burden. It is unreasonable to expect our children to be the ones who are setting boundaries. And I I, I think maybe, maybe we can make an argument that this generation has enough emotional capacity to see for themselves where boundaries need to be laid. Mm -hmm. But if that's the case, then what we're telling them here is don't always trust your instincts. Right. And that, I find that to be problematic. Yeah. And again, as a movie, everything about this film is beautiful everything about it the animation the acting the story i, I really the, the soundtrack is indeed one of my all-time favorite animated mm-hmm. soundtracks 
And this story is profoundly disturbing to me in ways that I cannot get over. And every mm-hmm. time I see people talking about how much they love this movie, I, I just... Yeah. I'm so disturbed by the fact that we didn't watch the same movie. You and I, Sarah and I, watched the same movie. Right. But all of the people that are reviewing this film, awarding this film, did not seem to watch the movie that I watched. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to reconcile that. I don't know if I should. Yeah, I don't know. don't know so I think what we're left with here is who do we think should watch this movie and what is our verdict I think kids are still gonna enjoy it it's pretty and Mm -hmm. it has a good soundtrack and again if you have a functional family by all means watch and enjoy this movie I guess (laughs) have a good relationship with your children and are hoping to teach them about the power of forgiveness Mm -hmm. this this movie surely does exhibit that for better or for worse i just don't know that i would have forgiven her right and that's what it comes down to for me Mm -hmm. is that if i was maribel and let's be clear i was maribel Mm -hmm. in many many ways and that's why i don't speak to most of my family i would not have forgiven this because i didn't forgive this Mm -hmm. i had to leave to be able to be treated as my own person Mm -hmm. and that's ultimately what it comes down to for me but i happily show it to a well-adjusted three-year-old even because it's just so damn pretty and it's singing and beautiful and man Mm -hmm. all right final verdict out of five i want to give it a higher verdict than i'm going to because i really really like the soundtrack and i really like that it's been it was spaced out correctly. Like, you know how much of an issue that is. That, that is always <laughs> something you talk about. But I can't. I can only give this one, like, a three. I think that's where I'm landing, too, is right at a solid three. And it's because it's so good and so painful and so traumatic. And I, I just... I don't like... At the end of the day, I don't like that this is what we're that that we're saying that forgiveness should be absolute because that's Mm -hmm. what this says Mm -hmm. that we forgive our family regardless of the trauma that they inflict on us Mm -hmm. and i can't go there with you on that Mm -hmm. so this was our last right no uh one more one more we have sing too ah we do have one more of what we are identifying as the pandemic run of movies we we did pixar obviously go back and catch all of those and then now the rest of the pandemic films to close out with Sing 2, which I still haven't seen yet, by the way. So I am looking forward to that. 
because I liked Sing. I don't remember what we rated it, but I enjoyed Sing. But our next actual released episodes are going to be Hocus Pocus. Of course. Of course. Because <laughs> Hocus Pocus 1 and then Hocus Pocus 2, baby! It's not out yet, so if it's terrible and you've already seen it, don't blame us. Don't, don't blame us. I'm sorry <laughs> if it was bad. I, I'm, I'm really, I'm struggling to imagine that it will be bad. Because, yeah. <laughs> because, frankly, even nostalgia will be enough to hold me through Hocus yeah. Pocus 2. I'm so excited. But it is the holidays. The holidays. And... What did we talk about? We're doing Christmas, Christmas chronicles. chronicles and then some of our best holiday vault releases. Yeah. So we'll catch you back in January then for Sing 2. No, Sing 2 is in early November. Oh, is it? Is that what yes. we get it out yeah. in early November? Okay. Yeah, so after this is Halloween, we're doing Hocus Pocus. Got it. And then? Then Sing it. 2. We're slotting it right in before got the it. holidays. Right before the holidays. And so we holidays. have no idea what we're doing in January is what no. I'm hearing right now. Yeah. And <laughs> we are, in fact, going to have to make some that. determinations. <laughs> If y'all have suggestions, by all means, find us on Facebook. We are at Latchkey Movies on Facebook, on Instagram. We accept calls. Please do call us and tell us what movies you would like to see us review. I know I have a list of requests from some of my Facebook posts, but please reach out if you feel like we're absolutely missing one of your favorite movies. That number is 402-885-4875. You can find us latchkeymovies.com. And we will see you next time. Focus, focus. <laughs> All right, y'all. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.